Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Welcome to episode 65 of a Shaska Kuig of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, which is coming to an end, and we'll talk about that more, go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. I want to give a big shout out to our newest members, uh, paying members at Bitesize Irish Gaelic. They're uh, learning to dip their toes into the Irish language in bite-sized portions. And I don't know what it is about Philadelphia this week, but there are three new members, uh, Dean, Emily and John, all in Philadelphia. So, Faltjestach, welcome in. I don't know, do you have connections with each other? But there you go. And there's also molly in Illinois and Mackenzie in Washington State. So welcome, everybody. It's all in America, in the United States, this week. So welcome in, and I hope you're enjoying uh, learning your bite-sized pieces of the Irish language. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest and our last guest on the podcast, and that's Ramona Reeves. And Ramona is the organizer of the L.A. Jerishachtan and Aguilga immersion weekend. So Ramona, do you get kind of talk to? Oh, Tommy, get my get a mahi get. I get your hand. Tommy, a rose. I can hear. I can hear that you have some uh, lovely Aguilga. So I presume you're around L.A., Ramona, are you? Yes, I study a couple of times a week, different classes, and I actually go to a book club on Wednesday nights where we read Asquilga. So I'm already getting the impression that you're one of these people who manages to immerse yourself a good bit in the language. Would that be fair enough to say? I try. I try to do a couple of Jirashaktanas a year and make it to Ireland to the Aegis scale whenever I can. Oh, yeah, cool. We've mentioned it before, but how would you describe the scale? What is it? Who attends? What happens? Each scale is a lovely place to go. It's up in, in Dunanal. Um, uh, Liam mm-hmm. O'Connorgoyne runs it, and it's you just immerse, no matter what level. If you have no Irish at all to advanced levels, you'd go and go for a week, a couple of weeks, a month, mm-hmm. and... Uh, not only do you get the language, but then at night you get uh, cultural, you know, poetry, music, dance. And it's just a lovely way to learn without any sort of uh, expectations that you have to be perfect. And you can speak to anyone there in whatever level. And it's actually in a Gweiltacht where outside at the shopping you know, you go to get groceries, you can actually use what Irish you have also. So that's uh, yeah. a lot. That's lovely. Yeah. And we had Liam on the show along the way. So we link you to that in the show notes page if the listeners want to listen back to his uh, interview. Very interesting guy. So, Ramona, tell us about the L.A. Gwelga scene. Like, there's obviously enough people around, like... It was Katrina Weaver on the last episode in LA also, and 
she it was kind of a mixed impression she was saying that you know it's it's um very strong energy and there there's groups of people coming together yet in LA just the very fact that it's so spread out that it can be hard to get people together I guess in one critical mass place so what do you think about that well yeah it, it is hard LA is is a very sprawling type of city it there's a it's miles that you can encompass in a day so there are gatherings in Santa Monica there are gatherings out in what we call the valley which is on the other side of the hill from that for uh, downtown LA so it, it's very spread out but there's a lot of the Irish culture there are many uh, Irish pubs that on a weekly basis do uh, music and different sorts of kales, and you can find Irish dance here in the city, uh, concerts, and just people. I've met people at Starbucks and have spoken Irish to them, and I didn't know them. So <laughs> there, there is a large community. It is just very spread out, so it's hard to, to get any sort of regularity yeah okay so just the starbucks example so i'll have to pick at that so was it that you had arranged to meet or somebody was wearing a t-shirt or what was it well like i would be on my way to class and because i live in one part of the city work in another part of the city and then go to class in another part of the city i normally won't go home after work before I go to class. So I will go to Starbucks and study, you know, so I'll have my books out there and reading and people go, Oh, what is that? You're and some people want to know about the language. Other people will then talk to you if they know the language. So it's just one of those things where it, it, it happens. Uh, you can't count on it, but it does happen. <laughs> and give us a, an, an impression of the LA Jerry Shachtan and Aguilga, like, is it in a community center? How many people tend to show up every year? Well, it has been uh, many places. When I first started it, it was because I had, you know, I'd been to Aegis Gale. And then uh, from there, I learned that there was a Jirashaktana up in San Francisco. So I went to that a couple of times and I just thought, well, it's just so expensive. You got to pay for the airfare and hotel fare mm. and then pay for the the weekend. Why don't I just do one in LA? The I work in the film industry, so I'm used to working with budgets and putting things together. I can do this, so I just mm-hmm. started it. And Liam helped. He was a great resource. And the first year was fabulous, and there were like thirty people that came. And then years sometimes it gets thin. Sometimes there's more mm-hmm. and. I looked for different places to to put it on, and finally, after I met Katrina, Katrina Weaver, she's a, a language teacher, and she teaches at a school that teaches English as a second language, and so now they have very kindly let us use their facility, so it's, it's ideal because there's different classrooms and then a, a huge common area that we can then come together and do workshops and, and do a Kale on Saturday night. So it that's where we're doing it now, and it's fabulous. We have teach I have a teacher coming from San Francisco. She's mm-hmm. a native speaker. Imelda, you had her on. Mm-hmm. Imelda White. And then I have a teacher coming from Portland, and he's a Shan Nose dancer too. So he 
puts that workshop on. What would his name be? It's uh, Brian O'Hart. Oh, yeah. Another past uh, guest. So we link C to Brian. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he comes and then Katrina teaches. And then this year, I don't have all this stuff. Like I don't have his name off the top of my tongue. Mm -hmm. We actually have a, a Fulbright scholar coming to teach the class. Yeah, fantastic. So were you, were you always able to find teachers? Because for me, if I was trying to organize that, that'd probably be the hardest thing to try to arrange. It was. That was why, where Liam came in the first year. I had met Imelda White in San Francisco, and she said, if you do one, I'll absolutely come and teach for you. <laughs> and then Liam came and brought another teacher for me to scale. So that had my three teachers that first year. And then as it goes on, I just found teachers, you know, I, uh, yeah. Imelda, and then I found Katrina. So it, it just kind of serendipitously just fell into place along the way once the first one was started. <laughs> so, Ramona, what's your connection with the Irish language? How did it start? Um, well, my family is of Irish descent on both sides. So I've always grown up knowing that I was Irish. Uh, I have red hair, so that helps. <laughs> and um, so I, I was always interested in the culture and the songs. I never thought to learn the language, of course, till I was grown. Mm. And then as you say, it's hard because it's hard to find places. So it wasn't until, you know, within the last 10 years that I got serious about the language and trying to find a place and that I've been to Ireland and love the way it looks and, and want to go speak the language when I'm there. So it just gives you an impetus to learn it better so that you can yeah, actually sure, use it yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah. And you have, uh, do you know where your like Irish roots come from? Or is it just that your family knows that there Irish, there's Irish ancestry somewhere along the way? Well, we... I've started doing a bit of research on stuff some and other members of my family too. So we do know that my father's side of the family, the name is O'Shea mm -hmm. and from County Clare. Oh, excellent. And then my mother's side of the family, it's back as far as we could trace it, the name was McCutcheon and in and around County Down. Hmm. So I have been to County Clare, but I have not been to County Down. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you started with the best county first anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and how for your language learning journey in particular, like you've mentioned 10 years time, so you're obviously in it for the, the long haul. How would you describe your journey? Like, has it been tough? Do you do you struggle or do you enjoy it or a mix of both? I enjoy it. When I first started, you know, it's like getting at that time, it was, you know, just CDs and tapes. And it's hard to to do because you're just doing it on your own. You don't know if your pronunciation is right. You don't know if your sentence structure is right. And then as I got into and found classes, then it I'm getting better at it. I can understand people more than I can speak it myself. And that's just something I have to get over. And then I can read more than, than I think mm. I speak. So I, I enjoy it. And I wish that I 
was further along than I was, but I'm sticking with it. And I'm every week I get more and more courage to talk, even if it's not right, at least it's out there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's the only way to do it, isn't it, really? It is. And, you know, I, I tell the the beginning class that I started teaching that just don't worry, make mistakes. It's the way you learn. But I can tell it to them. But for, for me, it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and how would you encourage people, Ramona? Like, it, it is a bit scary. So let's take the immersion weekend that you organize in particular. Let's say there's somebody who's within driving distance of the Jerishachtana, but they they can't really pluck up the courage to go, even though they're really interested in this whole world. Would you have any like tips for them on just getting out there and being involved in something? The the most frequent question I have when I start advertising for the the weekend is, well, I'm I really have no Irish. And well, they they don't say it that way. They, they said I don't understand any Irish or speak it, um, so it's probably not for me. So I just have to tell them actually that's what it's geared for, the most is someone who has no Irish, because you're in an environment where I've got the greatest. I mean, Brian does the um, beginning class, and he's such a great teacher for beginners. And then everyone who's there loves the language and has been a beginner. So that they're there to encourage the beginners and they help them, you know, like when we have tea or or lunch, they'll speak to you in whatever broken Irish you have. And it's just the safest place when you don't understand any Irish. Hmm. Fair play. And the next question is, uh, I guess, from my personal perspective, I have to ask because I'll talk about the end of the podcast uh, after your answer. <laughs> So is it tough for you to, um, when the time comes around every year, to arrange the Jerashachtana? I'm sure it's filled with excitement and a lot of time has to be devoted to running it. Would that be right? It, it is. And every year I think it's not going to go forward because it's like when you have a party and the party's supposed to start at 7 and nobody's there, you think, okay, well, nobody's coming. So, and then they all show up, you know, late, but they're there. So every year I think, oh, by February, I haven't had anyone say that they're going to come. Okay. It's not going to happen this year. Um, but then, you know, as you get closer, they, it starts coming in and, and you can breathe a sigh of relief. And it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Yes, but it's, but I, I don't look at it like that. It's something that I want to do and I'm excited about doing it. So what are the steps to do it? And I do it gladly. So it's not a a hardship at all. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Our next episode, so that'll be number 66. And uh, I think that'll be a nice, sweet episode because it's a recording I did uh, with my three-year-old son, Liam. And uh, we were uh, folding paper airplanes at the time. And... (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I do a bit of explaining of why the podcast wasn't sustainable the way it was. Um, for bite-sized Irish Gaelic, we're finding other ways to help people. For example, we were talking to Yoyanica. Uh, she was a guest, a TEDx talk, a speaker, 
Um, she was uh, one of the la- latest guests on the podcast, social media expert. And she recommended, yeah, come on, guys, you're on Facebook with a page, but what about a group? So that's something that I am really looking forward to contributing to our members, which doesn't take like an hour or two late in the evening to get done. So the way it did happen was we had a, an interview lined up, right? And um, it, it was just that interview. Uh, and when I saw it in my calendar that day, I was like, oh, oh, no, like <laughs> I, I, I want to do it. But um, I, I'm going to have to stay up late. I, I just wasn't feeling the energy for it anymore. Uh-huh. And I spoke to my friend the next day and he was like, oh, come on, like it, you either call it a day now or just kind of let it die off slowly because because it's not something I can just you know, pull somebody else in to do it. It's, right. it is me, uh, this particular outlet with the help of others like Anna and Paula, uh, who helped get the episodes out. So, um, it was a question of, do we like cut it while it's doing well, or just like let it taper off. And I think it was a good decision to go, well, for this thing that we're doing with bite size Irish Gaelic, let's call it a day. But we'll give uh, that same energy to other ways to help learners in different ways. So there you go. Bit of background. So It's just, it's just uh-huh. evolving rather than evolving. ending. It's evolving into something yeah, else. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. And do you um, see Ramona for the Jerashachtana? As the years go on, is it something that you're managing to pull more and more uh, people in to be able to help drive it so it's not just relying on you well yeah uh, Katrina helps a lot once I met her she she came in and she took off of my shoulders like uh, finding teachers so that mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about oh my gosh are they qualified to do it you know because she's a teacher so she she knows these things and they can talk teacher things to each other um <laughs> So she like if I'll say well we need we need teachers then then she's on it so that takes a big stress off of me but as far as everything else right now it's just me you know getting the budget getting the money getting people to mm-hmm. do it um, advertising just everything but I I think that it will grow into if we can get other people involved that then I can let go of some things and just. Because I'd like to see it be something for the long haul that if if I moved out of state, that it would still continue. Yeah. So that's that's my goal is to get get people involved so that it can it'll be a permanent fixture rather than if Ramona decides to retire or move someplace else or with any luck, move to Ireland, Mm -hmm. then it can continue anyway. Well, there you go. So there's a couple of steps for people listening, like. If you're in the LA region, do attend the Jerusalem. Ramona will be linking out uh, to information about it. Uh, am I right in remembering that it's the first weekend in May? Correct. Yeah, it's always excellent. the first weekend in May. Well, that's a that's an excellent way to schedule it already. And then, <laughs> thinking back uh, to a past episode that I've referred to a lot is with Denine Grow, and her motto really was start something. So. For people who don't have a Jerusalem uh, immersion weekend around you, 
Uh, well, that didn't stop Ramona. <laughs> no, it did not. And if I, I'd be happy to help anyone else get something off fantastic. the ground in whatever city they're in. Well, fantastic. I think that's a lovely way to end it too. So Ramona, on the show notes page, I'll read out the URL for people listening. And when they leave a comment, we'll let you know. So if there are any questions, you can chime in. So to go to the show notes page, you just go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast 65. So you're looking for episode 65 of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. So it's been a real pleasure, Ramona. Thanks for uh, being the last guest on the podcast. Uh, It was excellent to speak with you today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks so much. So at Bite Size Irish Gaelic, we let you make a real connection to your Irish heritage by learning the Irish language in bite-sized pieces. And all you have to do is go to bitesize.irish slash try and you can start a free trial with us. Uh, you don't have to be on your computer. You can do it on your phone and the lessons will work there with there's a couple of thousand audios that you can listen through and we've got phonetic pronunciations for all the recordings. So we, we know you like it. Uh, thanks as always to um, Tsukumo in Japan for their music, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. Until that next final episode, which you'll get episode 66, uh, Slán Gafol. Bye for now.